and gentlemen, welcome to Oral Presentations, episode 41, Victor Hugo's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Remember when this guy's house burned down like two years ago? We are going to be covering the actual book written by Victor Hugo. It was published in 1831 of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And the reason I picked this topic is because I found out that what the book was before it was published, Victor Hugo was trying to write about gothic architecture and cathedrals because here's the thing the printing press was becoming popular and victor hugo was like oh no i feel like cathedrals are not going to be a thing anymore because the printing press they're going to print so many bibles that they're not going to make cathedrals anymore because nobody's going to need to like go to a physical place for church so victor hugo was scared that cathedral that cathedrals weren't going to be around anymore and so he wrote a bunch of, like a lot of the book itself, like it's a 940 page book and a ton of it is just describing the beauty of Gothic architecture, but he couldn't just publish that. He needed a story, right? So the whole reason I'm doing this episode is because I found out that when he needed a story to go with all of his facts about Gothic architecture, they, they were doing a restoration on the cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris so Victor Hugo went down to go watch the guys work on it because he needed a story. He's like, what am I going to write about? What? I need to tell a story with all, these, with all these cathedral facts I got. So he goes down to watch the construction dudes work on the cathedral. And he gets the idea for the Hunchback of Notre Dame because he just sees the ugliest dude he's ever seen in his whole life working on the cathedral. This whole book was inspired because Victor Hugo went down to a construction site to try to look for ideas for a book and just saw like the ugliest dude he's ever seen and was like, oh, perfect. Yep. All right. That's my guy. I'm just going to write a book about what that guy's terrible life m- might be like if it was, I don't know, 400 years ago working on the same cathedral. And he's just like, he's so ugly. I bet he would just live in the cathedral. He's the, he's the worst looking man I've ever seen. And so that's, I'm just, and I'm, I'm going to tell you that because we're going to go through the literary plot of the book, but that's why, that's why I'm doing this episode. Cause it made me laugh so hard. Cause as we go through the, the, the actual story that's in the book, just keep that in mind that Victor Hugo wrote this story because he was inspired by seeing the ugliest construction worker he's ever seen and was like, Oh, perfect. There's my guy. Nice. I can make this work. I'll just, I'll package all those cathedral research facts I did with what that ugly motherfucker's life would be like 400 years ago. Let's see, how bad could it be, right? So that's why we're doing Victor Hugo's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I mean, it's a, it's a classic story. You'll learn something about French literature. If, you, if, any, if it ever comes up, you'll probably know more about it than anybody else in the conversation, aside from the, the person who brought it up, probably, because I feel like if you bring up The Hunchback of Notre Dame in conversation, you probably should know, you, you probably do know about it. I'd be curious to know if he knows that because that's the whole reason I'm doing this episode is because I found out that Victor Hugo just saw an ugly construction worker and was like, nice. I can't wait to invent a story about how bad that life, that guy's life could be. So that's why we're doing it. And uh, we know that that's where Victor Hugo got the idea from because there was an, uh, an English stone stonemason who also worked on the restoration of the cathedral in Notre Dame uh, in 1829, 1830. Uh, the same time that Victor Hugo was going down there looking for a plot to go with all of his cathedral facts to make a book. 
And that guy documented that the foreman of the job for the restoration of the Cathedral of Notre Dame was an actual hunchback dude. Wait, what do they call him? The guy's nickname, the foreman's nickname, who was a hunchback, was Mon Le Brousseau. Again, my French is not very good. But Le Brousseau in French translates into the hunchback. So Victor Hugo just went down to a construction site and saw the ugliest boss of a construction site he's ever saw and was like, I can write like almost a thousand pages on how bad that guy's life could be. Hell yeah. So that's why we're doing it. We're doing the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Before we get going, I'd like to um, thank you to Nick. Uh, This dude, I did the um, uh, NYC uh, Fight Club Roast Battle, did a show in Philly this past weekend. And I, uh, I I was asked to judge it, and it was great. It was super, it was great show. It's really fun to be a part of. And uh, his uh, listener Nick came up, and he heavy hand shook me some homemade candy of some sort, which I have not tried yet, but I I'm interested in it. And uh, I thank you so much, Nick, for that. Uh, so let's thank you. With, uh, we'll get that little piece of business out of the way. And uh, all right, yeah, you know this is just about the ugliest boss of a construction site of all time. That's where Victor Hugo got the idea. So let's take a look at the literary plot of uh, Victor Hugo's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. All right. Our story takes place, Paris, France. It's the 1400s. The ugliest baby you've ever seen exists. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. I'm not, this, is, this is how the baby's described in the book. It's not me making this up to try to be like, dude, so many times in this book, Victor Hugo just calls this, this baby and this character just the ugliest person of all time. How ugly this character is, is the prime, is like a prime mover in all the events that happen in this whole story. It's just like, this dude is terrible looking. All right, so we got a very ugly baby in the 1400s. So ugly that somebody kind of tries to drown it. Doesn't work. Our young Quasimodo makes it through that. Goes through that, I don't know, log flume. Try to, uh, almost gets drowned. He's, he's good. And then uh, he gets adopted by this, like, priest guy who works in the Notre Dame Cathedral uh, named Frollo. He's a bad guy. Well, well I mean, all right, that's a, that's a dumb description. But just for the point of this, like, he's, he's the priest. I mean, um, there's not much mystery to this. Frollo, the, the evil priest, he's the evil priest that adopts Quasimodo. And so he gives Quasimodo a job, takes him under his wing. He's like, oh, you can be the bell ringer. You're strong. You know, what other job are you going to have? You can live here. You're kind of my kid. It's fine. So Quasimodo, his life, he, he just rings a bell. He rings a bell, he's having a good time. Unfortunately, they didn't have earplugs back then for heavy machinery work, so he, do, he is deaf by the time he's an adult. He, he, doesn't, he can't hear. But he does ring a bell, he's got somewhere to sleep, and he's got a dad that, I mean, he's not, the dad isn't evil yet in the story, but, I mean, we'll get there. So, our story uh, begins in 1842. That's when Quasimodo has his man body. And this brings us to the Paris Festival of Fools. Now, what this was, was apparently it was a uh, public celebration and also a contest to crown the ugliest person in Paris. And so Quasimodo hears about this and he's like, oh, fucking, I'm I'm made for this. Who, this is the one thing I got in the bag. Let's go. So he swings on down, dude. And he showed, dude, he was like, I was born in the ugly. What are you talking about? These people acting like they're ugly. I've been here, dude. What's up? Slam dunks on the contest. Quasimodo takes it. It's like Muhammad Ali boxing, dude. People were not ready for this kind of technique. They didn't even know. He's, he revolutionized the game of ugly. Crushes it, dude. Pitches a shutout. Way to go, right? And he is crowned the Pope of Fools. He's so ugly. It's finally paid off. Way to go, dude. It's your day. 
So they they put him up on a thing. They carry him around like Cleopatra. He has a fun hat on. They're like, woo! Look at this. Look at this ugly guy. This guy looks terrible. He's our guy. Woo! And Quasimodo's like, woohoo! Yeah, here we go. He's like dabbing and shit. This <laughs> is one day, dude. But fun is cut short because his dad, Frollo, comes down. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? Knock it off. Get back in the cathedral. That's enough with all this. We get back in the cathedral. What are you doing having fun? You're supposed to be miserable. Go ring the bell a bunch more times. Stop that. It's always having fun. You're making me uncomfortable. I don't like that you're having. Get out of here. So Quasimodo's like, yeah, sorry, Dad, whatever. And he goes back in the cathedral. Now, as Frollo comes down to yell at his ugly kid, he also catches a glimpse of a young uh, Romani or Roma girl, which is like a, the gypsy people. So a young gypsy girl named Esmeralda. Now, Frollo, the priest, catches a glimpse of her, and he's like, hello, right? He is automatically, he is gripped by a dark lust. And it's like, all right. I mean, you're a priest. I don't know if you're allowed to, you're not really supposed to be thinking like that. That's probably, a, that's probably not the best thing in the world, but whatever. All right, so then he goes back to the cathedral, allegedly, to hang out with this ugly kid that he already yelled at. So then Esmeralda... Uh, is at the Festival of Fools, and this is also when uh, another character is introduced, and I don't really know why this guy's in the book. I'm probably missing it. It's not like it was a poorly written book. It's, it's like classic literature. I definitely just miss why this guy's important. But there's like this, uh, he's like a poet, like improv guy named uh, Grigori. Or Grigori? Again, my French is not great, guys. But anyway, there's, you really don't need to know this guy's name for the point of the story. But like, I, even though I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe you do, but as far as I'm concerned, you don't. I don't know. I try to look for why it's important. But anyway, so this improv dude shows up and he also sees Esmeralda and he's like, oh, I love you too. So we already got two people who are in love with Esmeralda. That's uh, she's already got options here. There's, there's already two people going for it. Now, uh, apparently Grigori during the Festival of Fools, when when uh, Ma- Quasimodo was having a great time being Cleopatra up there having fun. Grigori was like trying to put on like a sideshow or like a pl- like a zip zap like hey silly show or whatever and everybody was like we hate your fucking boo we don't even I'm not gonna watch that shit so he had he had like an unsuccessful street performance then he sees Esmeralda and he's like I love you so much and then he makes the decision to follow her home that's how he decides to start trying to make her fall in love with him he's like I'm just gonna secretly follow you home because that's not weird so he's doing that and as the improv guy is following Esmeralda home. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, Quasimodo and his evil priest dad Frollo jump out and try to kidnap Esmeralda. Which I didn't I didn't know I didn't know Quasimodo was guilty of kidnapping like this. And when I was looking into this story, this is kind of a dark part. But Frollo was like, We gotta kidnap this uh, girl. Don't ask me why, son. Get your ugly man strength out there and kidnap this lady for me. So Frollo and Quasimodo pop out. They're trying to kidnap. Esmeralda, and she's like, what the fuck is this? Improv guy, Grigori, is like, I'll fight for your honor, and tries to, like, save her. Quasimodo knocks him out with one punch, just puts him down. He didn't, you know, a bit off more you could chew there. Quasimodo's very strong, dude. He's climbing around a, a bell tower all day, and he's just doing what he's told, dude. He didn't even, he, he probably hit you so much harder than he even knew. He's so strong, dude. So, improv guy gets knocked out by Quasimodo, sorry. And then they're about, Frollo and... Quasimodo are about to take Esmeralda back to the cathedral, and then all of a sudden the king's gu- uh, the king's guard or archers show up, and they are led by a dude named Phobius. Now these are like real soldiers, so evil priest dad Fol- Frollo sees these real soldiers roll up, 
And he's like, I gotta fucking go. And he just like scampers away. He just leaves his ugly kid who doesn't really even know what he's doing. He also deaf, just leaves him and just like, just scampers on back to the cathedral. So he doesn't get caught like a horseshoe crab, dude. He just totally just, just scams him, just runs away. And so Quasimodo's like, what the fuck? Gets arrested, right? Phobius and the, and the King's archers arrest Quasimodo. And he's like, I don't even know. I don't even know what I was doing. I just did. Where'd my dad go? Oh no, I'm in trouble, right? So Quasimodo's arrested. Not great. But you were trying to kidnap somebody. You probably should have been arrested, buddy. So on the charges of attempting to kidnap Esmeralda and also knocking out that improv guy, Quasimodo is sentenced to two hours of public torture. And this is like old school torture. So they put him up in the public square and they like, I don't know, do that thing where like, it's kind of like, it's not Braveheart torture bad. Like they're not cutting him open and stuff, but they are stretching him out and throwing stuff at him. And it's, it's the middle of the day, and he's going to die. He's going to die of sun exposure. He's getting tortured too bad. And he's like, I need some water. Can somebody help me? I'm, I'm going to die up here. And everybody's like, this ugly guy's going to die. Nice, dude. This is a better sequel than yesterday. Remember when he was all happy, and now we're going to watch him die? This is one of those things where the sequel might be better than the original. This is incredible. And he's like, no, seriously, I need water. I'm going to die. Come on, man. Somebody help me out. And this is when Esmeralda, in the kindness of her heart, comes up and gives him water. And so now Quasimodo falls in love with her, of course. So this is the third person who's fallen in love with this, with Esmeralda, you know? This is, again, but you can't really blame Quasimodo, dude. He didn't really have a whole lot of friends. This is the first person to ever show him human kindness. I mean, he just used to be getting called ugly. And so this, this girl that he did try to kidnap, sorry about it. I hope he said sorry or tried to say sorry when he got the water. She brings him a pole in spring, dude. Get half a Dasani in you, you're good to go. He does not die, right? Here we go. Also, side note, when Esmeralda is given Quasimodo uh, the bottle of water to make sure he doesn't die, some lady in the crowd screams out like, that's a gypsy child thief. She stole my child. And I mean, that's not true. But that was just something that happened when she was trying to do a nice thing for Quasimodo. Somebody just screamed like, that's a gypsy child thief. So I thought that was kind of mean. Um, All right. So a little bit of time goes by here. Quasimodo is in love, but he knows that's not going to work out. Uh, come on. I mean, he's just up in the bell tower playing Elliot Smith on the church bells to himself, being like, sometimes you got to be sad, you know? <laughs> so a little bit of time goes by. Esmeralda is in like the town square. She does, she does like a, uh, she like dances and like plays the cymbals and does magic with a goat for money and like a street show. It's like a, a French 1400s only fans or whatever so people like go by and they give her some money or whatever so anyway she's doing that and then phobius the guy who led the royal archers to save her rolls up and he's like hey girl remember me remember i actually saved you that that one guy tried to save you and got knocked out and then i actually rolled up and i did save you right remember that hey so anyway what are you doing tonight and so esmeralda's like oh shit here's we go so esmeralda actually falls in love with phobius now so instead of everybody falling in love with Esmeralda, Esmeralda's like, hello, Phobius, Phobi us, let's go, dude. So they decide to have a date. Esmeralda's like, why don't you just come over to my place tonight? You know, I'm, you know, we're just, I'm just hanging out. I'm just going to do this goat magic in public for a little bit. But after that, I'm just going to probably go home and get a shower if you want to come over and like hang out. I don't know. So Phobius is like, yeah, sure, whatever, maybe. I'll probably see you later on. Because Phobius is like a ladies' man, apparently. Like he's already got like a wife and stuff. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's a castle knight of the aristocracy. He, he, He's a popular man. So he's like, yeah, sure. Right. But Esmeralda's like psyched, like, oh, nice, dude. We're going to get this date. This guy's hot. He's got some money. Might be able to make a future with him. Here we go. So 
here's the catch. Evil priest Frollo is up in the cathedral, and he watches that whole interaction take place. He sees hot castle dude Phobius being like, maybe we'll go out. And then he also sees Esmeralda be like very smitten with Phobius. So as he sees all that go on, he's just like kind of cracking his knuckles. He's like, what the fuck? What is? No, no, no. What does he have that I don't have? I already tried to kidnap her. How doesn't she love me yet? So he gets all jealous, right? So fast forward, Phobius shows up at Esmeralda's place. You know, maybe she she probably lit some candles, put on some music. She's like, you want me to make some tea? Or like, you know, what are we going to do tonight? You know, some of this, what's going on? So Phobius is like, all right, let's go. So they start making out, right? And then at one point in time, so Phobius kisses Esmeralda on the shoulder. And this is when evil priest dad Frollo pops out of the closet with a knife and starts stabbing Phobius. <laughs> just, just out, he, he followed him home. He followed him on the date and starts stabbing Phobius. It's an interesting way to try to make a woman love you. So, I mean, Esmeralda's terrified. She's like, we stopped stabbing Phobius. I was going to date that guy. I could have like married him, had some money. What are you doing? Frollo's like, I can't believe you don't love me. And then knocks out Esmeralda. He just like knocks her out. Just, just clean, puts her down. And then, uh, and then rolls, right? Calls the cops too. So then the cops show up. Phobius is bleeding out. He's a mess on the floor. He got stabbed a bunch of times. But people, the only other person there is Esmeralda. And so the cops are like, Esmeralda, why'd you stab Phobius so much? You're totally guilty of attempted murder. You're going to jail. Esmeralda's like, what are you talking about? I got knocked out. What did I do? What do you think? I stabbed this guy's way bigger than me. What do you think? I lured him here, stabbed him, and then knocked myself out? Dude, my, I, my, 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 I got punched in the face. And they're like, we don't believe you. You're a liar. Get in jail. So Esmeralda's like, what the fuck? Phobius is all, people think Phobius died. So Esmeralda's in jail, and they're like, what's up? Definitely, you try to kill Phobius. We're going to condemn you to death. Also, we're going to hit you with a charge of witchcraft because you do that stuff on the street with a goat. And we just don't trust that, honestly. We think you talk to animals and goats. You know, I feel like you're just a witch. So uh, you got those two charges. Now confess. And she's like, there's no way I did that. This is so ridiculous. There's no, there's, what are you talking? You have no proof. I got punched in the face. I couldn't stab anybody. This is ridiculous. I don't know who did it. I didn't actually even see who did it. He had a dark cloak on. I think it might have been that priest, but I don't want to say, yeah, I don't really know who it was. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to torture you now. So then they go and they take Esmeralda and they torture her for a little bit. And then they bring her back and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're like, all right, well, again, are you a witch or what? And she's like, yeah, fine. I'm a witch and I tried to kill him. Just don't torture me anymore. It's ridiculous. And they're like, all right, cool. We're going to condemn you to death. You're definitely going to get hung. Awesome. Frollo sees all this happening and he's like, I love it. This is, this is perfect. This is right going to plan. So Esmeralda's like, well, this totally took a hard left here. I thought I was going to, like, maybe date a rich, successful guy who's hot, and now I'm going to get hung for witchcraft and attempted murder of the same dude. So that, I mean, this has been quite a Tuesday for me. So as she's awaiting execution, evil priest Frollo goes down to the cell, and he's he does the thing that villains do in Bond movies, and he explains his plan. He's like, Yo, here's the thing. So you're going to get, can you know, you're definitely going to get hung and, and die. You know, that'll be very sad. Or... What do you think about living the rest of your life with me, more or less as a slave in the cathedral? Because I don't even think I'm publicly allowed to date anybody. But look, you're you're going to get hung. If you just say that you'll be my slave in the cathedral forever, we could totally work this out and you don't have to die. And she's like, dude, you totally ruined my date with Phobius. I'm so mad at you for that. And there's no fucking way. You're so gross, dude. You have like a you have like deep sunken eyes and like a thin face. Like I don't your posture sucks. There's no way you're old. 
I'm not doing this. I'd rather, I'm, I can't wait to die. I'm going to start choking myself out. I'm just going to start choking myself in here because I'm tired of listening to this. I can't believe you, you fucked me over like this. No, I'm, there's no way I'm going to live in the cathedral and be your slave, sir. Thank you very much. Jesus. Ridiculous. <laughs> so Frollo's like, all right, well, fine, whatever, and fucking scampers away. Next day, it's execution time. So Esmeralda's in a white dress. She's about to get hung. And here comes Frollo again, just real quick, just right to the front of the, the public execution, right to the front. And he's like, if you just confess to me, I'm telling you, I can save you from this. You can just come live. I know this is an, 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 un, this is an unorthodox way to court, you know, a life partner. And this doesn't seem like it's going to be a very, you know, communication heavy marriage where we both look to improve each other's lives. This is, I, you know, I have tried to blackmail you into death twice here, but give me a chance. Here's what I'm saying. You don't have to die right now. You can just come live and more or less be my, like, be my R. Kelly slave in the cathedral if you want. And she's like, can you, can somebody just pull the lever that takes this platform out from underneath me and break my neck? I'm tired of listening to this. There's no way I'm going to live with this dude. This guy sucks. And Frollo's like, I didn't even say any of that shit, whatever, and fucking runs away. So Esmeralda's about to get hung, and all of a sudden, insert, never had a girlfriend before. He's done being sad, ladies and gentlemen. Quasimodo swinging down from the bell tower, and he's so strong, he can just one-arm her, swings down from the bell tower, scoops up Esmeralda, right back up into the cathedral, just like that. And then this is when the famous line in the story that I did know before looking into it, this is what it means when he starts screaming out sanctuary, because he swung down Peter Pan style with a rope, scooped up, I mean, it's not his babe, but she did save his life. And there's definitely some sort of romantic. I mean, he's definitely crushing on her hard for sure. But, you know, I, I feel like he just wanted to save her to try to pay her back for saving his life. But maybe, you know, there might have been some sort of chemistry. Look, he knows he's ugly. It's not going to work out. But he was still like, I'll do a nice thing. What's going on here? My dad's trying to kill this lady or make her a slave. I don't like that. Here we go. So he swung down, grabs her, swings back up to the cathedral, starts screaming sanctuary, which meant that you can't execute this lady because she's in the cathedral now. That's what the term sanctuary means. Sorry. And he, and he, he screams it down at the crowd of the mob that was going to watch her get executed. And he's almost like laughing when he screams it because nobody expected him to come down like that. He was planning that the whole time. He had to work out like the rope angle. He knew what he was going to do. He's, anyway, so that's what sanctuary means. So Esmeralda, totally safe, right? So Quasimodo's like, let me lock you away. I know you're skeptical of getting locked away in cathedrals. This isn't that kind of locked away. Sorry. Let me just put you back here. This whole mob wants you dead. We got to work out how to save you, but you're good now. Thanks for hanging out. And the, like, it is said in the book that like when Esmeralda first gets to the cathedral with Quasimodo, one of the first things she says is like, man, you are ugly, huh? <laughs> Damn, you are ugly. And which I thought was funny that like, that's the first thing, like she got saved. And then like immediately Quasimodo has got to be like, so are you okay? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, whew, man. It's tough to look at you. And he's like, yeah, I know. It's all right. Anyway, so you're safe. I saved your life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out. Uh, if you just want to like hang out back there and be safe. So Esmeralda, safe in the cathedral. Quasimodo, looking down, yelling sanctuary, making fun of the whole mob of people. And then a group of... Now, here's the thing. Quasimodo can't see what this group is that approaches the cathedral. But a group of people approach the cathedral. And Quasimodo's like, shit, cathedral's under attack. They're trying to steal Esmeralda to execute her. I'm not going to put up with that. So he starts killing a ton of these people in this mob. He starts throwing big rocks on them, boiling oil. And eventually he just jumps on down there. You know, he's doing the swinging thing. I mean, this guy's like a video game boss. It's going to be hard to beat Quasimodo. This is, you're fighting him on his home turf. 
He doesn't know you, and he feels good. He doesn't really care. He's protecting. Again, he's not dating her or anything, but he's definitely crushing on her hard, you know? And she did save his life. This guy's just murdering people down there. So he's throwing rocks, oil, punching people in the head. It turns out that that was a mob of, like, Esmeralda's, like, fellow gypsies that was trying to grab her and then take her to safety. But Quasimodo didn't check IDs or anything. He just started playing sock and boppers with her down there. So as he's down there squishing people, having a, you know, having a time of it, secretly, evil priest Frollo gets Esmeralda and gets her, because she's up in the cathedral. So he finds her and he's like, hey, third time, last time, last time I'm going to ask you, do you want to live the rest of your life as my slave in this cathedral or what, what do you want to do? And Esmeralda's like, will you just, just fucking kill me? Just fight like Matt Damon departed in that elevator, dude. Just fucking kill me. I'm, I'm, I'm so done with this. I can't be doing this anymore. Just kill me. So Frollo secretly takes Esmeralda out of the cathedral and she is hung and executed as Quasimodo is down there. Rock'em sock'em robots with a whole mob of people to protect her. He doesn't even know this is going on. But his priest dad takes his crush, executes her. So Quasimodo's done fucking people up on the street. Goes back upstairs and he's like, hey dad, what's up? I kind of made a mess out front. We're going to have to call somebody about that. Don't even worry about it. Some people, some things happened. I don't if the police ask what happened down there, don't even tell them, you know, but there is a mess out front. Let's not even talk about it. Anyway, yo, so I kind of have a girl over to the place right now. I don't know if you've seen her or not, but like, it's not like a date or anything, but it might turn into something. I'm not sure. Have you seen her? Her name's Esmeralda. Uh, I put her, she was like in like a room, but she's not there anymore. Have you seen her dad? And this is when Frollo is like, yeah, well, why don't you look over there, son? He points off the side of the cathedral. And Quasimodo sees Esmeralda's dead body swinging in the breeze in a white dress from far away. And, dude, that's too much. Quasimodo loses his mind. He picks his, his evil priest dad up by the neck. And he's just like, what the fuck? Come on, dad, what the fuck? And his dad's like, what are you going to do? Kill me? I'm everything you have. And Quasimodo's like, yeah, pretty much. And just throws him off. He throws him off the cathedral to his death. I don't know if he landed on top of the, of the pile of other bodies out there Quasimodo already made or what. But, yeah, so Quasimodo kills his dad at the end. And Esmeralda's hung. Right? Super sad. Super sad ending. How'd they make a Disney movie out of that? Oh, there is a famous line at the end of the book uh, where Quasimodo looks out and he sees in the distance Esmeralda's dead body. And then he looks down at his dad's body that he did just throw off the side of the cathedral, you know. And that guy, that guy was pretty much all he had. And uh, Quasimodo says, there is everything I've ever loved. And then he disappears. And that's that's the end of the story. Oh, and then apparently somebody found Esmeralda's bones a number of years later, and then uh, there was also an unidentified set of hunchback bones laying next to her, and that's that's how it ends. So I don't know if that means Quasimodo killed himself right afterwards, right next to her, or he just kind of lived the rest of his hunchback life ringing the bells, being kind of sad, and then decided just to lay down next to her anyway. I don't know. Either way, super sad ending, man. And the Disney movie, uh, Esmeralda doesn't die. Or, like, the nice ending version is that Esmeralda does not die. She ends up living the rest of her life with Phobius, with the Hunchback of Notre Dame's blessing, somehow. But evil evil dad, priest Frollo, does die, even in the nice version. But it, it's not like Quasimodo throws him off in a murderous rage. In the nice version, the it's kind of like a struggle, and the priest dad's holding on to a gargoyle, and then the gargoyle kind of becomes cursed with dark magic, and then that yeah, breaks off the cathedral, and... You know, Frollo falls to his death, and Gargoyle probably landed on top of him and squished him, if you really wanted to speculate what happened there. So, guys, 
Classic French literature on a Monday. You know more about the Hunchback of Notre Dame than most people. Also, if you thought at all while we were listening back to that, all of that shit about that guy, about the Hunchback being so ugly, again, I'd like to reiterate, is just is Victor Hugo going to a job site and being inspired by how ugly one real-life construction boss was. And that, that made me laugh, and that's why I did the episode. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 41. Uh, Victor Hugo's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with Zoltars, and then another public one on uh, a week from today. I'll see you guys later, and uh, thanks for listening.